Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is January 14th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We've got a new Intercontinental Champion. We have a new number one contender to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Quite an eventful Monday Night Raw. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by always is Raj Geary, and in bed, coming to you internationally, <laughs> Mr. Matt Morgan. Break it down after hours. Uh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? Refuse to miss the show, even from Cancun, Mexico. It's awesome, yeah. man. What a show tonight. Matt, was it worth tuning in from vacation? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, it was uh, different. I mean, not completely different, but tonight felt like the best version of a lot of yeah. these uh, matchups that we've seen in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like we got five-star, like, not five-star. I, I know we use that term too much, but A-plus a effort, it felt like, what we saw tonight. Yeah. And uh, kicking it off at the top of the show, maybe this had uh, something we'll do with, do with it, is that yeah. we had uh, Vince McMahon pulling up to the arena in a limo. He had an on-screen role tonight, got involved in the proceedings from the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, opened with Braun Strowman originally set to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship. And uh, he went out there saying he's coming for him. Baron Corbin's no longer in power, so there's no one to save Brock Lesnar. Uh, they had a little bit, little bit of a roadrunner-esque sort of uh chase backstage um corbin uh hiding braun looking for him uh, elias singing a song to move the story along like he was burl ives or waylon jennings or something uh kind of dug that and of course it led to mr mcmahon's limo where corbin was hiding braun Strowman caused a bunch of damage vince mcmahon was not happy about this tried to find him a hundred thousand dollars Strowman argued with him and then got himself uh out of that match for the universal title at the Royal Rumble. So with Strowman speculation, I believe Raj, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he's not fully healed and ready to compete, correct? I mean, that's the speculation. But um, so Dave Meltzer had wrote something about it uh, before the show went off the air, I mean, before the show went on the air, that there was going to be a change and that it's not what you would expect. Like the, the reason is not what you would expect. Um, so the reason you'd expect is that Braun is still not ready. He's, uh, you know, still nursing the injury. So there's something more to it. You know, nothing else has come out. So it, Braun hasn't been wrestling since he, you know, his surgeries, he's, uh, you know, he's been on the shelf. So. Um, can, can I just add something? And I found, and this is, I've, this is from him himself. Um, I'm getting this from, um, remember that report that came out a while ago that Braun was getting an ego and right. You know, showing up a little late and da, 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 da. It's not, it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not he's not that guy. I'm not buddy buddy with the guy enough to defend him here. I'm just speaking on truths. Um, because I did see some people start to talk about, you know, this might this was taken from him, this opportunity. And I'm definitely telling you right now, he's not ready from his injury. Yeah. Um I, now it, it could come out two days later that somebody gives us a different reason as to why this was pulled. It's all about his injury. I'm telling you that right now. It's nothing to do with anything else. 
any extracurricular activities, uh, becoming a D bag overnight, or you know, not shaking <laughs> enough hands. And that, that's he's the opposite of that. He's like probably one of those humble people I've met. What do you think? If what about the possibility that it's the opposite? That it's uh, it's not that he's being punished, but maybe they decided that Brock uh, versus Braun is better for Mania. You know, day hey, I'll take that right. I don't know. You know, Brock and Seth. If that's the plan, I'm not feeling it. You know, it did. I, I don't think Brock and Seth is a bigger match than Braun and Brock. Do you? Yeah, no, no. I don't think so. It could have been if they had been building Seth up for a while now, but he yeah. he, he hasn't won on Raw like a big match in a while. Um, yeah, so I, I just think uh, Seth is cold. Granted, you know, he could win the Rumble and it helps you know light a fire and change all that, but. I, I prefer the longer builds when you're when you're building up a top babyface to challenge a guy like Lesnar at Mania, as opposed to just you know starting starting cold the night after the Rumble or with the Rumble. Yeah, it feels like they could have done this with Braun. I almost want to say last year or maybe six months ago, even right where he was red hot. You know what I mean? And they they, they obviously had plans to make him a champion. There's no question. Yeah. And you know, so some little not 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 even talking about the injury. But like they started doing stupid stuff with him. Remember, we became heel for like two, two months. <laughs> right. Like stupid stuff like that, you can't do with a big guy, and, and expect him to get back on track. Thank God he has. But normally, we we wouldn't recover from something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people in the chat are speculating, and I know we talked about it. That promo last week was pretty bad against. Uh, it was. It was. Brock. It, it was. It seems odd that you would change plans like that off of one promo, though, right? I mean, yes, yes. Doesn't that sound like a total Vince thing to do, though? It does. <laughs> Not with someone that looks like him. Yeah. Now, if this was anybody else, like an AJ or somebody that we all love and that we think Vince doesn't see properly for the star that they are because they're not seven feet tall. Come on, this is Vince McMahon's wet dream come true, Braun Strowman. All right. And which they did with AJ, right? Right before the Survivor Series, yeah. he changed his match with Brock to, to Daniel Bryan. Ugh. So, um, you know what? I, I think Finn and Brock is going to be an awesome match. I think there's no mystery now um, on who's going to win. Uh, I mean, if they went, I mean, if they pulled off a huge upset and had Finn win, uh, that would be creating a new superstar. That would really kind of uh, overcome the kind of like the bad booking he's had over the last year and a half. Can they uh, do that though, Raj? Do you think? Do you think like that he can be taken as the legit number one contender with how he's been booked? Beating Brock would change everything, right? If if they, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, if they had him beat Brock, uh, that would you know, catapult him right to the top. I don't see Vince doing that. I don't see Vince having Finn be the guy to beat Brock, but who knows, maybe, you know, where they're talking about shaking things up. What about Demon? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think they should definitely do that. I think next week that should be Finn's promo is he's going to be the Demon. Then I give it a much better chance. Yeah. He's having the best 2019 so far. I mean, I know we're only 14 days into the year, but between his surprise appearance at TakeOver UK um on saturday and the match he had there and tonight running Shoot, what, a, did I, what did i miss at the, what did i miss there oh you didn't watch takeover uk no who'd he be oh. uh why am i blanking on his name uh, the guy he trained since he was 12 uh what's his name uh jordan um jordan devlin 
Devlin, yes. Yeah, I gotta go watch that now. Okay, sorry guys, continue. No, it was a surprise because uh, his original opponent, I guess there'd been a beatdown, couldn't compete. They brought out Finn, huge pop. Um, and it was a great match. I mean, it was one of the highlights of a really, really good takeover. Oh, I'm going to watch it now. Cool. Yeah. So I think between that tonight, I mean, the thing with Jinder uh, winning the Fatal 4-Way, I think Finn, man, this, keep it going. Keep the momentum going. Uh, coming out as a demon at the Royal Rumble. I mean, Ooh. that, that sh- he could beat Brock. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like something they're really going to do unless they're really changing course. But man, yeah. that would be, that'd be, that would be uh, sending a statement that things are different, much like they were when he won the Universal title in the first place back yeah, in 2016. So. Yeah. Yeah. And keep him as a demon. I mean, have him be like, you know, I want this as a demon and the demon's here to stay, you know? Cool. And I think it's, he, he just seems a lot more unbeatable as the demon in that gimmick. So go with yeah. it. Somebody backstage slip Vince McMahon a copy of Venom on digital. <laughs> have him watch that, and then he'll he'll get the entire idea. You know. Yeah. I, the only way I see Brock losing to Finn is if Vince really uh, is concerned about the ratings and feel like they really need to change courses. You know, course drastically. I don't see that happening. But if he does, um, that would be huge. Do you think they're getting their money's worth? Though? Like, you know what I mean? Like. Are the ratings that great? I mean, Brock, okay, he's Brock Lesnar. He's a huge name, household name. But at the end of the day, is he really moving the needle and the warrant? Not really. The world heavyweight title. Uh, No, I think, uh, I almost think in a lot of ways he's hurting. I think his, his quarters go up. But you look at last week's Raw viewership, and it was actually really bad. Um, It was 2.3 million viewers. Uh, you know, it's up from the New Year's Eve episode, which you're expecting, but down like it's down like 17% from the first Monday of last year. And that had Brock, Hogan, and Cena. Um, so it's just WWE right now is is cold. They're losing viewers and they need to change their formula if they want to start getting them back. And part of that, re- you know, part of the way to do that is have the world title back on Raw every week, or at least a storyline for the world title on Raw every week. Yes. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's so much they could do, uh, even just for a short run with uh, Finn as the Universal Champion again. I would love to see it. Uh, we'll talk about the in-ring segment he had with Vince McMahon tonight. I love how they built that. But first, we had Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey in a tag team match against Nia Jackson, Tamina Snuka. And uh, while Sasha and Ronda won, uh, Sasha with the bank statement, not all was harmonious because while being interviewed after... Rhonda was saying that uh, basically Banks is uh, the world's classiest uh, loser in the WWE. And, uh, of course, that did not go over well. So they're trying. They're trying to build tension between these two women in advance of their championship match at the Royal Rumble. Um, trying to get Matt, a perfect conflict. Yeah. 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 I mean, is this enough, Matt? Is this enough to really sink your teeth into storyline-wise? Okay, maybe I'm... I'm one of the, I've become one of the fans that, you know, WWE and wrestlers would always bitch about. Like, you should be caring most about personal conflict between two athletes, not just the moves and not just the athleticism. Well, I hate to say it. Sometimes I am just into it because of the athleticism. And you know what I mean? And not the moves, but the athleticism. So between two badass athletes, you know, like Ronda and her, like, I don't need personally i don't need a personal conflict to stick my teeth into to buy that match i love 
I love the boss. You know what I mean? I love her. I love that character. I love everything about her. She's finally getting a little bit toward what she deserves. Um, book wise, right? Like being booked in a main event versus, you know what I mean? Um, so like I, I'm sold on it the day I heard they were going to work each other. Yeah. And there aren't enough female heels for Rhonda to have genuine conflict with anymore. I mean, she already had it with Alexa. She had it with Nia. Now it's got to be the, I respect you, but we want to prove who's better once and for all for the next couple one of these feuds. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those cases where some planning ahead of time would, would have done some good. Right. Sasha has been getting beat every other week. And then now she's talking about how she's the best. And it's hard to buy that when just three weeks ago, she's losing all the time. Now, if they had just planned ahead, uh, said at the rumble, we want to do Rhonda and Sasha and start giving her some big wins starting, you know, several months back. So you start buying it. You start buying that she's on this ascension. Ronda Rousey's in her way. And it, it, it makes her promos more believable right now with what she's saying, just with how she's been booked. It just comes across as you just, can't, you just don't believe what Sasha's saying. But, but Raj, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You don't think she's that good to the point where she is the one that could lose week after week, like a Chris Jericho almost, and can be immediately thrust into the number one contendership. And it's believable because it, our, our, there's, the curtain is so wide open to that backstage right nowadays with wrestling sites and all the news and background information we find out, right? So is it really that hard to, to, to take her that seriously and not give her, not give her a pass, but not say by the same token, well, she needs seven wins before she gets a number one contendership. No, she's badass. She's good. WWE screwed up by not booking her right. We can look past that as fans because we see it. Yeah, but that's kind of like, um, you know, again, it's, it's, you're giving her a pass based on her talent. And that's great. Look, I'm a, you know, we've been talking forever about WWE creative, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking forever about pushing Sasha, how uh, yeah. she'd be money with Rousey. And I thought their, their promo work was great. Like I, I like their interaction. It's just hard to buy what Sasha is saying right now when you've been seeing her lose constantly. And it's not, it's not like you could like Jericho where he's on top for a while, then you can bring him down and then back up. Sasha has been down booked like crap for years now it's been since like charlotte was on raw uh she you know she's been just you know uh just pushed aside the whole time uh, she had the awful feud with bailey so i'm glad they're doing something with her i just think i just wish that they would have started planning for it earlier do more of an organic rise so when she's getting in you know she, when she's getting in there with rousey it's not such a foregone conclusion that rousey's gonna win I think to a mainstream viewer, that's vital and that's important. Mm -hmm. But I think to smart marks or, or, or fans like us that really are eats the drink wrestling, that we know how good she is, right? So right. it's like WWE screwed her. We're okay. I can look past a few losses or in a row or whatever has happened with her, even the Bailey feud. Whereas Bailey, if roles were reversed and this was Bailey getting the opportunity and cutting that style of promo, no, I'm not buying it. Yeah. And I think I think part of the problem is when you cater too much to wrestling fans, you're losing the casuals and, and the mainstream because you're not getting them excited about these matches. I mean, the, you know, the, the smart fans are excited because we've been following their careers. But from a storyline standpoint, the story isn't, you know, yeah. isn't that good. I was surprised I went to get my haircut the other day, and that's where I gauged the casual female fan. And instead of wanting to talk about Ronda and everything happening with the women's division, all she wanted to talk about is who's AEW going to sign for their women's division and how much more exciting is that going to be? Yeah, that is not a gauge in real, 
Really? That's I. I mean, that's one of the things I go off of. It's because when I get my haircut, that's normally that's wrestling fan. That they didn't even she's know not. She was like, "We're going to All In Two, me and my boyfriend." But she like she normally talks to me about Total Divas, and then lately. Okay, Ronda. so you knew, so she you knew she was a wrestling fan before. Yeah, but like a Total yeah. Divas watcher who sometimes watches weekly oh. wrestling. Okay. I love it for AEW purposes, by the way. I'm just saying. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I was impressed because I was like, "You've yeah. not talked about." She's not Any a casual. Emotion. I don't know. It was the if first you know time about AEW, about you're not a casual fan. AEW made some waves, man. Uh, but with the women's division, I think they have an opportunity here. This is where the WWE keeps screwing up with the women is they don't know how to tell compelling stories. They're kind of – they've stumbled into some good characters. Like Becky is a good character. Ronda, I still don't know what the hell her character is. Right in all of this. Um, but the in-ring competition from the women is fantastic. It's everything else that they just don't have a handle on yet. Yeah. It, it was just so random last week when, Sa you know, Ronda starts bringing up Sasha and, you know, just out of the blue, she's been there for a year and you know, all of a sudden just this random week, again, just making the storyline more oh, organic yeah. uh, and making it a reason why she's bringing up Sasha all of a sudden, like Sasha has been winning and winning. That's why Ronda wants to face her. But, that wasn't the case. Well, and then we get go to backstage where then Bailey. Oh, wait, 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 oh, yeah. real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was where they had EC3 just. <laughs> yeah, that was right after. Uh, it was right after this. No, um, it was during the match. Oh, was it during the match? Oh, because yeah. I thought it was backstage in that line with No Way Jose. No, no, it was during the match. They showed a bunch of, you know, lower card guys like Kurt Hawkins, I think, and, and talking about how they should have a title shot. And then they had EC3 walk in, which I. This annoyed me. I thought it was terrible. I feel like right away you're pegging him on that level. Yep. I you thought the, the, the call-ups tonight that they were I, – I like tonight's Raw. I actually thought it was really good. I thought the call-ups were pretty much terrible outside for outside of Nikki Cross. Well, yeah, I agree. So speaking of which, out, uh, after we saw that line with Heath Slater, the B-team, Titus O'Neil, and Kurt Hawkins, uh, Jaylee Lawler came out of – Vince's office, no way Jose brought the conga line by. Back from that break, we saw Bailey and Natalia arguing over Ronda and Sasha's conflict. I mean, it's felt very thin, but then Ruby Riot came by, issued a challenge for a tag team match later in the show. Before that, Lucha House Party versus The Revival. Oh my God. I got to be honest, I tuned out during this match a little bit. I mean, the TV was on, but um, what it uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was focusing more on what I was cooking than uh, what was going on on TV. Am I missing yeah. anything here? Is this bad? Is there no. anything? No. What? <sighs> this is what I like the... I went on. In, I went on my Instagram during this match. Yeah, it's like the thirty third time they've faced each other in like the last month or two. Seriously. Uh, good God, they're in. They're in. This feud is like purgatory. It just won't end. Um, they did have the FTR tights on. Did you notice that with the revival? No. Yeah, they've had those for a while. No. Did they? Oh, have they worn those the last couple of weeks? Uh, one time before, I believe, at least, because I saw it mentioned on Twitter the last time they wore them. That's pretty oh, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a little uh, play off of their yeah. feud with the Young Bucks. A little the tip young... of the hat. I like yeah. it. Hey, the revival should go to AEW. I think that would be a oh good career God, move for them. Blow it up. Uh, those guys, I'd be all day to watch that. Yeah. Well, they won tonight over the Lucha House Party. So there's that. Um, 
After that, Vince McMahon went to the ring, gave the scoop on Brock Lesnar's title match. Out came Drew McIntyre, out came John Cena, out came Baron Corbin. Then out came Finn Balor saying, hey, I'm never in these conversations. Stepped up to Vince McMahon and basically asked for the opportunity tonight. But he was breaking the fourth wall a bit. I mean, talking that, you know, Vince has never believed in him. Um, what was uh, Vince's comment? How are you going to hang with all this beef as he was oh. referring to the guys in there? Oh my God. Talk about being out of touch. Yeah. All that beef talk. I was like, Ur. <laughs> dude, Jesse is creep is creepy. First of all, yeah, super creepy. And second of all, Vince, this is exactly what le- le- leads uh credit and cred- credence to everybody saying you only like big guys right there in living color. You did it again, dude. It's right. 2019. This was your opportunity to show you do have a feel for the business and where it's heading. And it's not heading back toward Big John Studd and Kamala and, uh, you know, Big Boss Man. It's, it's heading in guys, you know what I mean? These the smaller, more athletic guys that can do God knows what in the ring, you know? I should uh, send a note to our sponsor, Blue Chew. That should be their new slogan. Blue Chew, how are you going to hang with all that beef? Yeah. jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> Too many ways he could go, but uh, oh, it's yeah. terrible, absolutely Vin, terrible. Vin everything that I hate about wrestling, everything I hate about professional wrestling was personified. Um, <laughs> that being said, you know, it's you know, I like that they created a match that you had to stay until the main event for, um, yeah. You know, it, it, I, I didn't like that they this is once you saw them get four guys in there, you knew what was coming, you know, it's gonna be a four way at the end of the show, right. It's always done the same way. I mean, wouldn't everyone have been coming out? Um, wouldn't doesn't you just showed yes. all these people in the yes. backstage uh, wanted a I title know. shot? Everyone should be right. So when to come up with something new as to how you get to that match, as opposed to one guy's cuts promos, the other guy's music hit, he comes in cuts promo, another guy, you know, another guy's music hit, and then they set up a four. Well, what's to just, stop the whole roster? Is my question right? And maybe you should. That should be. Like the big story, like through the whole episode, is everyone wants it and how they're deciding yeah. who's in, and yes. and maybe make a, a a more logical reason why you choose those four guys as opposed to they just went to the ring and asked for it when well, everybody else had been asking for it backstage earlier. This is where wins and losses come into play, and they should yeah. matter, right? You say, hey, look, your record sucks. Sorry, get the end of the line, chief. Yeah, or you know, so and so, you've been on a winning streak. You won six straight. Yeah, right. You're part of the four way. Yeah, but if all it takes is just you just need to go out there to the ring, yeah. it just makes no sense. <laughs> well, and I was skeptical because then we got that backstage segment of Jinder Mahal saying, how come I wasn't thought of for this? Uh, and him, uh, Vince saying that Jinder could challenge any one of the four men, and if he beats them, he get their spot in the Fatal 4-Way. Of course, Jinder picked Finn Balor for a one-on-one match we would see shortly. Uh, the Riot Squad versus Bailey and Natalia, but who is going to be their third? And it was a debuting Nikki Cross making her Raw debut, although they were very quick to specify that we're going to be seeing these new NXT call-ups on both Raw and SmackDown before they get assigned to one brand or the other, uh, which I, I thought like was that. interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, the free agency thing is kind of cool. I just thought it was just kind of a mess how they were brought up tonight. Um. It reminds me of the old ECW new initiative, a talent, wait, new talent initiative they did that one time. Where oh, they, yeah, they the, the WWE up, ECW. Yes, WWE yeah. ECW. But they're just bringing up people randomly with no push behind them, right? Nothing. Yeah. They kind of just like fed them to the wolves and see who's stuck and who did. And 
I don't think that's necessarily fair, especially to these NXT talents, because they've had so much invested into them mm-hmm. already. A lot of these people already have characters that are already somewhat over. The work's already been kind of done. And yeah. they get annoyed by the creative by stepping on their own toes by trying to reinvent and do this other crap, i.e. Bobby Roode, you know, and others. Yeah, you know how they say you you only have uh, one, one shot to make, to make first well, yeah one chance to make a first impression, and uh, two of the first impressions on tonight's show were nothing mediocre, mediocre. Yeah, Lacey Evans was just hanging out backstage, and EC3 was making goofy faces. He just did not come across as a star with the way they presented them. Right. I mean, for Nikki, I thought tonight. Talk about random being in a tag team with Bailey and Natalia. Um, I think they could have done a little more with her debut. She didn't even get the pin, right? Bailey got the pin tonight. Yeah. Um, it yeah, was okay. You, you just kind of get the feeling they don't know what they're doing with these guys. They they're calling them up and they don't really know what they're doing. And they're all kind of they're all showing up on the same episode, uh, and and no one does anything really meaningful. But yeah. But I would like to say the fans can, because the only way I see that changing, Raj and Glenn, or anything coming of it, of these mediocre just call-ups where they just throw them out there and like, hey, here they are, here's Dickie Cross. The fans have an opportunity to let the office hear by going bananas for those talents. True. And I think it'll make mm-hmm. them look at them slightly different. Than, I don't know, because it is just seeing, because what else are they waiting for? If they're bringing them up, what else are they gauging their what they're going to do next with them off of yeah a reaction um, this is this is where i feel like you're bringing someone want someone up have a storyline in mind have a direction yeah yeah you know anything a feud in mind for who they're going to feud with and just kind of get right into it that's how they used to bring people up back in the 90s and 2000s and, and it worked it's worked forever yeah. and just randomly putting a bunch of people on a show just for their faces to be on screen um no, yeah, it, it didn't help anyone. And it, one one name, uh, obvi- so Lars Sullivan was supposed oh, yeah. to appear or was supposed to be at Raw and SmackDown last week and, and work dark matches. Uh, he never uh, worked those dark matches. And the word was that he either suffered like some sort of panic attack or something. And he flew home uh, at the SmackDown tapings back to Colorado. Uh, and then tonight he wasn't there. They didn't show any promos for him. The plan, according to the the Observer, was for Lars to face John Cena at WrestleMania. That was going to be seen as WrestleMania opponent. opponent. And now uh, we'll have to see. You know, if if they do something at the Rumble, I don't know if they would. After I'm that, very surprised that they give him Cena. Yeah, I think you know. There was those years where they like gave Rusev when Rusev did just come in. Uh, they did him and Cena. They did Bray Wyatt one year when Bray Bray was pretty fresh. Um, I think the idea is just to give him that mega push right off the bat. Have Lars beat Cena at Mania, and you kind of got a made guy. Or I mean, who knows if he would have beaten Cena or not? But just by being you know uh, paired with him, I, I like Lars. All I like any big guy. I always root for him, but he still needs a lot of work. Yeah, Lars was, you know, I've been saying it on this podcast forever. He was the one guy in NXT I really felt like he's uh, like a Vince type of guy. Like he's someone I could is, see he, being he pushed. Cut, he, he can't cut promos. He's one-dimensional. You can't be one-dimensional anymore in 2019. You can't. Not with all these other smaller talents out there because eventually you got to sell. And you can't just steamroll through people. You can do that for maybe a year. 
but then then eventually the quote goes the bell rings and you got to learn how to work you got to learn how to sell yeah i think he's improved a lot over the last year in nxt um his his match with Aleister Black I thought was really good. I he's definitely getting better. He I'm sure anyone could use some work that's coming from NXT. Promo. I feel the same thing promo. with the EC3. Yeah. I'm talking promos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean he's he's the kind of guy you could pair with a manager too. Uh like a Lesnar type. And that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh kind of crazy though the panic attacks. I know I mean anxiety is a very very real thing, but you'd think it would have I don't know. Did he not have enough big opportunities in NXT where that could manifest itself before for him to sort of figure out that that was going to be an impediment now? I mean, well, you never know. I mean, mental health is mental health. You it's just, true. you know, you can't, you can't say this person shouldn't be having a panic attack. That's, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't. I mean, it's fully his right to. I, I get would, it. Ar- I would argue, and I'm not saying, yeah. by the way, that we all legitimately have panic attacks. Okay. Let me be clear. Yeah. But I would argue. I've come pretty darn close. I think we all have. We all shit our pants before our debut. Everybody. I don't care who they are. Um, literally. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're terrified. You're scared shitless. You're excited, but you're also scared that is everything going to go out? Everything's going to be perfect? Is it going to be okay? You know, you thousands of things to worry about from 12 o'clock in the afternoon all the way to the time the show starts, right? So that's a lot of time for doubt to creep in your head. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a serious thing. So, in NXT, it's and the main roster, it's a completely different animal. Now you're you're talking about national television, millions of people. NXT is hundreds of thousands of people, a core fan base. Um, it's it's just a whole different animal. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah, no promo for Lars tonight. So. Uh... We'll see if that resumes. We uh, saw Finn Balor backstage walking. He stops and saw Lacey Evans talking to Dana Brooke and Mickey James. Jesus, I love Mickey and I love Dana, but I don't know. It's the best sign that that's who Lacey's hanging out with backstage. <laughs> they were uh, they they wrestled on main event. Mickey and Mickey and Alicia Fox. Yeah. But I was gonna say Alicia Fox wasn't available to be backstage with Lacey Evans. I mean, we can't go, you know, all the way down the card. Yeah, <laughs> but why not have? You know, Lacey Evans be the special guest on the Moment of Bliss. Give her a spotlight. Not just yeah. hanging out backstage. That's the first time you see her is just hanging out backstage like a like nothing. She's a tough character, man. I mean, Nikki is too. I think Nikki's problem is the same as Ember Moon's. Uh, Nikki and Ember are two characters with a lot of mythology and character. And when you just throw them into these bright light matches yes, with female good. athletes, yeah, it's not um, – you lose all the mythology. You're and right. I also wouldn't – with Nikki, I, I find it hard to buy her gimmick all the time, if that makes sense. She's so? batshit crazy. What's there not to buy? Yeah, she it, puts the a, ring rope in her mouth. I mean, no, yep, but I'm not convinced a lot when she's doing it. Like, it seems so like she's, 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 she's acting, you think? Yeah, like you could see like the that she's acting and it's not, you know, completely natural. Well, I think on the indies, I mean, that tampon spot, whatever wrestler did a couple weeks ago, oh. really oh. up the bar for crazy in female wrestling. That that did. Word. Oh my God! Don't talk about that. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> but so yeah. she's the PG version of that. But she should be doing something <laughs> that's a little weirder. I see. Over the top crazy is hard to do. Like when you do like a little subtle, like how Sid Vicious used to do the Psycho Sid, like little mannerisms and stuff here and there. It's cool, and you could buy it a lot more when you're just doing like I'm just crazy running <laughs> around the ring, and that's how. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's very 80s to just be like, I'm crazy, man. I'm crazy. <laughs> right. You know, I, I did crazy pretty good. I thought Eric, huh. hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. He used to do crazy pretty good. And yeah. Mick Foley, obviously. Mick oh, Foley was yeah. probably the best at it. Yeah. Mankind. Man, it's uh, – they got to do something, though, because I think they're going to have the same problem with Ember. You can't have people – and I think Lacey Evans even to a lesser extent. I mean, Lacey Evans looks like she just walked out of a Street Fighter video game with She's that getup. She's a 50s yeah. pinup thing. Yeah, like – understand the character. I don't get it. Right. It's like a VOD villains kind of thing, except a, yeah. a few decades later. It's, it's it kind of reminds me of – oh, what's that, Matt? She's like a legit badass yeah. in real life. Like, didn't they get her from, like, straight out of the, straight out of the military? Military. Like uh, she's a mom. She's got a great story. I mean, yeah. she's she like a drill sergeant or something like yeah. badass. Um, I think uh, if they keep playing up the lady thing, I think it's going to be like right to censor. I could see them doing a variation on that gimmick uh, where she just wants to put a damper oh, on everything. James is Ivory 100%, by the way. Yeah. James could totally pull that off. Yeah, uh, but it's tough, though. And I like big characters, but I think the WWE, I think that works better in NXT. I don't think they know how to do it as well on the main roster. Um, surroundings as much. The surroundings are much bigger, right? The acoustics are bigger. The lights are brighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's also a difference between being a character that's like part of your personality and, and going, you know, raising the volume up on that. Like, you know, Steve Austin always says the most successful wrestlers are guys that's their personality and they you know turn the volume up a thousand percent or you're just creating a, a gimmick that's not believable and you know like the bod villains uh, you know this um where you can tell that's not who they are outside that's, of the ring my argument to that used to be because vince used to have this con vince used to have this conversation with me all the time when i started it was i still think you're playing wrestler i don't believe you're a wrestler like yeah. i'm like huh and i and, and i say well what about kane you think Kane walks around like <laughs> claiming he's from hell and torching people on fire with mystical powers and wears a mask? No, he's actually incredibly intelligent. Talks about stocks and bonds and shit. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, so like, I don't always. I know that's what they say. Cornette, everybody I've ever worked for has always said, like what Austin said, who the most successful people are, who they are, dialed all the way up, a la the Rock, Stone Cold, people like that. But it's not always has to be that way. If someone can find a really cool niche character. It is acting sometimes. Yeah, but those are also kind of few and far in between. Like, you know, Vince has had Undertaker and Kane. Outside of that, how many times has he come up with a character gimmick and it's worked, like, on a main event level? You've seen all the Teal Hoppers and the Duke the Dumpster Drossies and all these stupid gimmicks in the past and Bastion Booger and all these stupid ideas like that. He's right. You know, <laughs> but seriously, and we apologize, when ba Bastion, Mr. Booger, if you're watching. <laughs> you know, he passed away, unfortunately. But, uh, but I, but his his gimmick is what I'm saying. Um, uh, Friar Ferguson. Uh, yeah, let's give Matt Morgan a stutter. You know, Vince occasionally right. is wrong. <laughs> yeah, like how's that? Yeah, that's not me dialed up. <laughs> right. That's me dialed down. That's like give me give, giving me like negative dialing. <laughs> That's like me negative minus thirty dial. Yeah. Yeah. It's Vince just, is Vince's most uh, successful speaking. Yeah. yeah. Vince's most successful acts outside of Taker have been guys that are either had their characters before, like Macho Man, Hogan, Andre, um, or guys that it's pretty much themselves, like Austin, The Rock, Cena, uh, Randy Orton. So he, there are many where he just came up with this character and it, it really worked at a, at a high level. 
Anyway. Yep. No, it's uh, something, man. So Jinder Mahal versus Finn Balor. Jinder won this. He was going to be in the Fatal 4-Way later in the evening. Uh, really sold Jinder on a hot streak at the start of this match before the tide turned. I Finn thought came back. he was going to win. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought they were going to screw Finn. Absolutely. Oh, really? I thought from the when once Finn was laid out, I'm like, this is Finn's night. Like, this is where they're going to have him win uh, and go to the Rumble. Yeah. I just don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. I, I just felt like with that promo, if he didn't, then it would have been like burying him. Like him saying that Vince didn't believe him in him. And then he gets that opportunity and then he gets floored. It's like, there's no way. But I like that they did this match. It, another, uh, you know, again, it was a match that had stakes. Uh, there was a reason that he had to win. And there was a reason that Jinder had to win. So it does create that doubt. And, uh, I liked it. I thought this was, uh, and I thought this was one of Jinder's best matches in a while. Yep. I agree you know with that. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A question or a trivia note, anecdote is that this is the same opponent was Finn Balor the night that, uh, if you remember, uh, Jinder, they finally opened their eyes to him and started making use of him. He was supposed to be in a squash <laughs> match. Sorry. He was supposed to be in a squash match. Remember? And he stiffed the crap out of Finn Balor that night. Right. On Finn got a concussion. Guy. Right. But he looked, he, he stepped up though, big time. And yeah. uh, from that night on, he got his push. Yeah. He was drafted like a week or two later, SmackDown, and he was champion within like a month and a half after that, if, if my timeline's right. So we have the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Dean Ambrose. Um, I like Dean's little strut that he did in the ring there before this <laughs> match started. Yeah. I, and, and Glenn, I know you replied to me on Twitter uh, yeah. when I was talking about uh, Dean's promo. I thought his promo was great. His delivery is great. There was just something missing with him that makes him not seem like a top guy. Um, I think he needs to like, like a dangerous edge or something. Uh, Matt, what do, you think? what do you think it is? You think it's his body? Is his physique? What do you think it is? I don't know, because it's not like you know CM Punk had the the best body, and That's you know, I, I think it's, I think he comes across as you know, part of it is he did this violent turn on Rollins, and there was never any motivation, real strong motivation for that, yeah. and he just never had that edge since after turning on Rollins after that first night. They're booking him like he has it already. Yeah, you know what I mean. But they right. but they didn't do their homework. They did not do the step by step not paint by numbers but step by step like let's say steps one through six they went from like step one to like step five right they never gave us the meat on the bones for the most important step step two of why he did what he did to seth yeah yeah so maybe these promos we'd be thinking a lot differently of them because we feel in them more that he is edgy he is this dude now but we don't because they didn't give it to us right yeah he's kind of doing cutesy stuff in his promos and you know when i look at when austin turned right when he he you know, later on, he was doing the playing the guitar and some hilarious stuff. But that was way after, right? That was after he had already made his name. He he had that edge. He and it got him to the top. And uh, you know, he he started doing the the cutesy stuff later on. But I was watching just recently a bunch of YouTubes of of, of Austin when he was like the head of the Invasion Angle. Remember? Yeah. WCW, ECW, dude, right. he was hilarious. Yeah, he was. He was doing the stuff with Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, so it was so good, though. Every week it was good, though. Every segment it was good. Yeah, it was the money. The security with Vince McMahon, liking Kurt maybe more than him, was awesome. <laughs> it was. But, it, you know, if he was doing that years earlier when he was first starting to, you right. know, he, that wouldn't have, it would have hurt him. But 
once he's already established, it was great. Yeah, so this match, uh, I think all three guys looked really good in it, but ultimately Leo Rush interfered, which gave Lashley the advantage to get the pin, and he beat Ambrose. He's the new Intercontinental Champion. So congrats to Bobby Lashley, first time he's I holding like the this. title. I like that. This is I dig Bobby, it. Yeah, Bobby needs to be pushed, period. No ass flexing, no bending over to the crowd, you know, the last few weeks. So hopefully they've cut that out of his, uh, his character, and he just came across as this badass winner. And uh, I thought he looked really good here. I, I, I like this whole thing. I thought the match was great. He's one of the easiest characters for you to book. Like, hello, let it, you don't, your night is off, creative. Really, just let Bobby be Bobby. Let him be this thoroughbred athlete that he is. It transcends, through, it transcends everything he does. You know what I mean? Everything he does in that ring, you're looking at a world-class athlete. And guess what? That's enough of a character sometimes. Right. It's how Brock got over. Right. You looked the part. That's like half the game right there. Yeah. And and he more than looks it. And he can go in the ring, uh, especially with the right opponent. And so and we, I, and we know he has, he's an MMA fighter and he has his background. So we know he's a legit badass in real life, too, which adds to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, after that, we got a moment of bliss. Alexa Bliss's talk show with Paul Heyman. As the guest, the big news from this is that the WWE Women's Tag Team titles will be decided... Yeah. Three Raw teams, three SmackDown teams are going to compete in the Elimination Chamber at the Ooh. Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and the winning team will be the new champions. So I guess one set of belts that will travel between brands. Love it. Love yeah. It. I love this. It's, I, I said this is what we should be doing. I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I like the one set of belts. Um, because I'm I, hoping it'll make them do the same with the guys. That's why I said I want Yeah, them. at this yeah. point. They need I, to. I almost feel like they should do that with all the titles. Yeah. You know why? Why not do that with the world Reigns. title, where the world champion yeah. can go between shows and the women's gotta get, champion? Got to get rid of Brock as the champion, but yes, then yes. Yeah, because he'd be holding up two shows otherwise. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want him to be the <laughs> the unified champion, but um, I just think like that should have been it—the announcement or the the tag titles. No Heyman, no heavy machinery. If that was it, this segment was a success. But then Heyman came out, said absolutely nothing. And I love Heyman. But that promo, just it was just pointless. Um, and then Heavy Machinery, I, I thought they looked like just complete goofs. Like, you know, coming out as comedy. Um, what was he even saying? So we didn't talk about this before this segment. When they cut to commercial, they had a production assistant walking on Alexa Bliss while she was changing. That was right. random. Um, also, uh, very painfully aware of the fact that I'm no longer a 13 year old boy because as a 42 year old man, my first thought during that was how does this serve the story? Um, <laughs> but, uh, what in the hell was, uh, was, uh, Dosevic, what was he babbling about? He just came out sounding like, uh, like the water boy, you know, like Adam like Sandler. I don't have an answer. I don't, uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, I thought it was a mess. I think they're, you know, they're, I feel felt like they're trying to show his personality, like he's this crazy, crazy <laughs> guy. But it just came across so flat to the crowd, who most of the crowd doesn't even know who he is. Of and um, how many characters, though? You know, we, there's a common theme. We were talking about Nikki Cross. We we're talking about Dean Ambrose, Dosevic. Like they need to stop moving, start moving beyond. Oh, they're crazy, and that's like their defining trait. Because I don't think it really translates well. Yeah, some of these. Not- 
character, is it? I mean, okay, Nikki Cross, it kind of is, right? Because yeah. she, she applies it to her work in her matches, right? But nobody else does. So, like, it's not, like, who cares if they're crazy? Like, we, they tell us they're crazy. It doesn't do anything character-wise. Yeah. Right. You know and, what they should do? A lot of these NXT gimmicks are just not ready for prime time. Like, what works in, in you know, at Full Sail at these, uh, with these smaller crowds is not going to work, you know, in front of 10,000 10, people. Out, Raj, I hope the two heavy machinery works out just because, again, the two big guys, again, that I always root for. But they're not going to. Yeah, I don't see it working. Unfortunately, I, I I do like Otis. I think he's got a, a lot of charisma. I just felt like it was a big miss here. Yeah, you know what they should do for Nikki? Now that we're talking about this, they should put her in something with Ruby Riot because Ruby's thing is that she's edgy, and Ruby should be like, "Oh, I'm edgy, but Nikki's too edgy for me." They should put her in something with Alicia Fox and be Alicia Fox be, "I'm crazy. She's too crazy for me." I mean, really establish her as like the most extreme woman in the WWE. Well, I mean, didn't we get that? You didn't get that out of the match tonight? Not really. I mean, no. she was just kind of there. She made googly eyes and, you know. Biting the ropes and shit? That didn't do it yeah, for you? But she's been leaning on that move pretty hard. I mean, I know that's sort of like her greatest hit. Is that? Um, brand but new I, that's yeah, that's true. Party. That's true. Hey, it's new to them. But it's where they go from here. I liked an NXT when she was creeping around backstage. I thought that was a good uh, trait when they'd have her just sort of randomly in the back of women's shots. I thought that was interesting. I just yeah. want to make the, another anecdote, wrestler's perspective anecdote, that I pray that they wipe down those ropes in between the matches still. Because if they didn't, poor Nikki Cross <laughs> just had a yeah. roster full of men's uh, <laughs> sweating no way in those ropes when they said right. <laughs> It's nasty. Now that's Vince. Vince could be like, Nikki, I've got a new character thing for you. You've been biting <laughs> the ropes. Now, now you've got you hepatitis. Still <laughs> think you're crazy. Right. <laughs> I was like, remember when Tommy Dreamer for a while in WWE, he was doing Yo, like those dares. I swear to you, that's how he is in real life. It's ridiculous. Yeah, those those yeah, were all legit. Like, like they could have easily gimmicked that stuff, but it was all legit. Me, he eats your scab. If you take a scab and pick it off, he will pick it up off the bus floor and like when we're in tours and eat it. Ugh. Oh, dare me to, dare me to, and then well, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, with Nikki, I, I think she fits with sanity. It, it does. It's not as uh, distracting. The the crazy is a little. Low. I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll give it time. But I, I do feel like she fits a lot more with sanity. Yeah, yeah. we'll see if they go that route. So uh, the fatal four way to crown a new number one contender to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble: Finn Balor versus John Cena. Oh, with that hair versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. Fatal four-way. I was hoping for Drew in this one. I really was. Yeah. Yeah, I think Drew, though, I, th I don't know. I think it's maybe too soon at this stage. It, it is. He's not been set up all the way yet for that. But, duh, neither is Finn. But this is a one-off for Finn, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He's winning the title, whereas Drew, you want him to, when he's ready to face Brock or someone like that, it's to take the damn title. Well, Drew, you can buy it too, right? Like as wrestling fans, we suspend our disbelief. We believe, you know, like we'll buy Finn versus Brock and, and, and believe that Finn has a chance. But if you showed that picture to anyone that doesn't watch wrestling, to any MMA fan, uh, it just does not look believable at all, right? Yep. Whereas Drew does. Yep. Although Finn, he's got a fan base. He sells merch. I mean, they released a new Finn Balor t-shirt. Seems oh, like every sure. other week, you know? Yeah. For sure. I mean, it, it's like I said, the 
the hard the hardcore fans, you know, believe in him. And I and I think he's you know outstanding in the ring. Uh, he's a very talented guy. But if wrestling is script, you know, simulated fighting, and it's supposed to be basically you're getting the ring, you fight, and and you know the winner is the toughest guy. Uh, Finn versus Brock, it, the, that visual is just it's hard to buy. Yeah, I think that's where the demon's really going to add something. Hope so, at least. Yeah, uh, the goal. Uh, but I thought this fatal four way was good. Baron Corbin still, uh, still in the main event. I, I think he should be. Yeah, they invested so much time in them, you guys. So many segments in there. They got to get their payback. Somewhere. It's just kind of weird when you tell the crowd that Baron Corbin is the reason why the show has been sucking, and then they still keep putting <laughs> okay, him in the main events. Okay, that's his creative abilities. We don't care about his creative abilities. Once the bell rings, it doesn't hurt him as a wrestler. Yeah, but but Rollins' promo was you know, he was boring and he has no charisma. But anyway, you know, I, I agree with you, Matt. I oh, hate when like in yeah. TNA they used to do this all the time, where someone would win the world title, like Eric Young, and then or Chris Saban, and then as soon as they lose it, they're back to where they were, way down the ladder. So it was like, what was the point of that? All that, you know, th- that push, you know, that title win. If they're just going to end up back to where they were, you know, build, build they, a star like that. What should they do once they lose, though? What would you do with them? Keep, keep them near the top. You know, keep them at least in the intercontinental level and up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like towards the top, whether yeah. it's people who have been in the world title hunt, you know, yeah. guys like that. So not only did Finn Balor pin John Cena and he's going to go into face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, John Cena raised his hand and like gave props to Finn Balor, um, giving him that little extra push before Raw went off the air. That was, I like that. Yeah. Getting them yeah. the rub. Telling you, put the demon on the poster. I think that'll get people to tune in. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think that should be Finn's promo next week. He comes out as the demon, says the demon's coming to get the title. I think it'll make people excited about that match, and it gives Finn that little extra something. They should just reshow. Remember the NXT vignette for Finn where they had that white room thing and Finn like morphing into the demon? Like that was cool. The shit they tried to do with him in 2016 where they talked about Irish fairy tales, the, the history lessons and stuff. Yeah, that was lame. But the NXT thing where it was just like he's got this inside of him, that was a good angle. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see them bring that back to promote this fight. Um, so, yeah, this Raw was different enough. The stuff that was the same felt like the best version of the same that we've seen. I'm and I'm a big plus, Glenn. Yeah. This was an improvement. This is my highest rating I've given them all year, I think. Well, so, what'd you give them? A B plus? I'm giving them a B plus. I've never gone past C plus, maybe a B minus a couple times. Yeah. This was good with the exception of the Dosevic segment. I don't think I would have been embarrassed if anyone, well, the how can you handle all this beef segment? With the exception of those two segments, I would not have been embarrassed if someone had walked in the room when I was watching this. <laughs> yeah, I thought most of it was good. I didn't like the Elias stuff at the beginning either. I think you're trying to tell a serious story with Braun about to lose his title shot. Yeah. And then you have Elias in the middle singing a song. I, I loved that. That was so weird. I do it for a, a you know something that's not, not supposed Braun to be serious. Strowman. Not Braun Strowman, right. not the title. Right. You don't do it with Brock. You don't do it with Braun. Not for a title program. Um, like again, th- this is what you need to fill in the blanks with, guys. Whenever you have, whenever you want to question something, if it's too silly or not, you say, "Would they do this first uh, with it was Rock versus Austin?" Yeah. yeah. Fuck no. Right. Yeah. Or Hogan versus Andre. Hell <laughs> right? no. No. Um, so Kenny Omega turned down an offer from the WWE. He must have been watching Raw and SmackDown lately. 
Um, yeah, that's the thing. It looks like uh, he's going to go to AEW. Um, See, AEW. Said last week, Raj, you were like, oh, I don't know. What can they offer him? Clearly enough. This is where, okay, now listen to me. I'm one of Kenny's biggest marks there is. I, I, I admit it and proudly say it. But with that said, sometimes this is where guys get in their own way and their markdom for their own selves can hurt them because Kenny doesn't know what would have happened. I mean, how does he not know he could have, couldn't have turned into what AJ turned into? AJ's making money hand over fist right now. Yeah. Like the money he's making is insane. Okay. And same thing, internet darling, uh, diminutive, isn't big enough, doesn't work your style. Kenny could have learned their style just like AJ did. And then go back to doing all the shit that made him who he was once he proved he can do their style like AJ did, like Daniel Bryan did, like CM Punk did. You know what yeah. I mean? I think money-wise, he's going to be missing out. Yeah, and I and I said last week, and, and you know, I, I didn't not say that he's not going to go to AEW. I just felt like it's a risk, you know. Um, AEW risk. doesn't have a TV deal yet. They're in talks, uh, reportedly. Jericho said uh, they're talk with a couple major major television stations, but it's a risk. Um, with Omega and WWE, it's guaranteed. He's a little, he's getting a little older, and he he gets that big money off. Without being more concerned about how you're going to be booked mm-hmm. than actually making money, this business needs to always be about you making money for your family, guys. Always, mm-hmm. it's great to have both be booked properly and make money. That'd be great. That's the holy grail, right? Yeah. But it needs to be about first making money for your family that you've sacrificed all that time away from being on the road. And that future family, I'm sure he wants if he doesn't have already. Yeah, and one thing, you know, we, we were talking about ownership last week. So the cons have 100% ownership. So the Bucks, Cody, they got front office jobs and their talent, but they don't have any percentage of this company. Not even profit sharing. No. That's uh, insane. Uh, and so, did the Bucks really turn down? Was the WWE offer for the Bucks is amazing? That's the rumor is that it was seven figure deals. Um, you know, with like the they could leave after six the, months if they weren't that, happy. Right. That was the report in the observer was that, and you know, Dave is close with the Bucks. Um, yeah, that they had a six month window. If they weren't happy, they could leave. And oh my uh, God, boys, come on. And that's like unheard of. You know, I'm glad personally, I'm glad that because yeah, if they, they would have taken it, this would not be happening. We need Probably. this other company. No yeah, question. Exactly. I mean, if it succeeds, it's the best thing for all wrestling fans. So yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You know, again, we've talked about the TV deal. You get too good of a TD, TV deal, you got to produce big ratings. You know, there's a lot of buzz with the wrestling fans with AEW already. They haven't had a single show yet. But at the same time, the rally last week, uh, the YouTube video of that has done like five hundred thousand views. And I'm not saying that's bad or anything, but they have a core base, a hardcore base, and passionate yeah. base. But it's not like creeping into the mainstream yet those being the leap videos usually get 200 to 300,000 you know views sometimes less um so we need to see uh what kind of deal they could get who can promote them to introduce them to more of a mainstream audience because that's going to be one of the things with these tv deals is will they give them exposure in other places to so they could promote it and get these new fans in well my prediction is that barring another uh enzo or rich swan situation the wwe is not going to drop anyone who's been on tv and I think they're going to do everything they can to renew guys like Shinsuke um, and anyone else that would be of value to AEW. Yeah, I agree. Sure. 
Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a great, right. It's a great time for the talent because they're getting big money deals. Uh, you know, this is the first time that you're getting, you're seeing real big money deals since like WCW closed down as far as like bidding wars. Uh, you didn't really see that with TNA, right? Um, TNA would pretty much get the guys that WWE didn't want or left, you know, on poor terms. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if oh, AEW shit, can get got, the talent. Oh, shit, we got Desmond Wolf when he <laughs> went to WWE. Did, was WWE trying to get him? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple. Oh, wait, uh, did, you watch the, did you watch the Nigel McGuinness documentary, Matt? No, where? Oh, dude, so that was on Saturday after TakeOver UK, and one thing he said in there was part of the reason he ended up at TNA is because he was honest with WWE about his bicep, bicep. and they didn't want him. Um, so essentially, WWE, so TNA was sort of like a second choice. It's actually a really uh, powerful documentary. I mean, he had behind-the-scenes video from his retirement tour. My uh, wife turned to me at one point and was saying, you know, like this is the part in the story where somebody records this right before they kill themselves. So it's really good that he made such a comeback because when you got to think about him with Daniel Bryan, uh, Nigel's hopes, dreams and aspirations that he had never really coming to fruition. Uh, it's a very, very good documentary and he's had a very good second life as uh, one of the commentators on NXT and NXT UK. So yeah, it's crazy. That second bicep surgery basically cost him his wrestling career because he didn't, he didn't want to pay for it and uh, TNA wasn't paying for it. So he opted not to get it and that kind of ended his career. He had, he, and this is in the documentary, he had had hepatitis, but he did this experimental right. um, therapy that got rid of it. So he, you know, he was cleared, he cleared a system of it. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah, I but. always thought it was the hepatitis thing that kept him out of WWE. He had a lot of obstacles. I mean, this documentary, uh, good, good on him for sticking with it and staying in the business uh, and keeping whatever positive attitude he could. Because you watch this documentary and he he really hit some lows, man. And this isn't like uh, the Dean Ambrose thing where you, is it kayfabe or not. A lot of this is his own behind the scenes video and confessionals he was taking at the time. So it's very, very interesting. Highly recommend it. The Nigel McGuinness story is streaming currently on the WWE Network. Um yeah, it was a great Saturday for UK wrestling. I kind of dug that. Waking up Saturday morning, getting able to watch a pay-per-view, watching the doc. It's different, but not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch TakeOver UK, Rush? Not yet. No. I, 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 yeah, I, I watched the main event. I actually wasn't a big fan of it. Um, but uh, on too long, the main event. It was too long. They're kicking out of too much stuff. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I need to check the rest out. I want to check out the Finn Balor match. Though, and the Finn Balor match. thing was legitimately so, so cool um, that yeah. that happened. Um, what else do we got before we take this home here? I think that's it. Cool, man. Matt, what do you want to plug? You're on vacation. You got anything? Nothing that you will see me tomorrow again. After awesome. Awesome. Right, work uh, on your tan in Cancun, man. <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, Raj, what's coming up on the site? Uh, tons of stuff. Interviews with Goldust uh, this week, who talks about nice. AEW, his uh, coming back from injury soon. Uh, we got stuff with Diamond Dallas Page, who's talking about his new book. Uh, just tons, tons, and tons of stuff. Um, so keep checking it out. I am Glenn Rubenstein. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Appreciate it. Follow. I tweet along live with WWE programming. And tomorrow night, the three of us for the first time covering SmackDown Live immediately once it goes off the air on the East Coast. Tune in then. And until next time, folks, we will see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.
Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.